Welcome to the Chase Your Stars podcast. My name is Christy Gomez, and if you're looking to live your best and most expansive life, or you want to be inspired to go chase your dreams, then you've arrived in the right place, my friend. Inside, you'll find conversations about manifesting an incredible life, a little woo-woo mixed in, and be welcomed into a high-vibe space that will show you how beautiful this life can be when you share your gifts with the world. I am so glad that you're here. Grab your drink, grab a snack, and let's chat. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Chase Your Stars podcast, number 17, I think. Yeah. I figure you guys liked that I sang last time. You might not have, but I didn't hear anybody say you didn't. So here we go. Another little jingle for episode number 17. Also, I had to record this podcast, obviously, because my commitment is to have a new episode every Friday. And I caught some kind of little cold from my germy toddler that I love so much. I love him and his germs. But he definitely brought me home something. So I have this little sicky thing going on. So if you hear like my my voice sound like, you know, more like Barry White than Christy Gomez, that's probably why. I'm just just sexier than usual. So I just wanted you to be aware of that. I apologize, but hopefully it won't be too bad and just more like lull you to sleep or something. I don't know. But important topic in the podcast today. I know because I personally have dealt with it in all ranges of like really just excellent at it and then really tried to fight it. And now I just kind of manage it as I go along. And that is procrastination. Listen, it is not something that you can get rid of forever, especially if you were a world-class procrastinator at some time in your life. But you don't have to live at Procrastination Station, okay? You don't have to set up shop there. You can visit now and then, just a little bit for a little while, and then go back home. I don't know where your home would be, but it has to have a cool name like Procrastination Station. I'll think about that. (laughs) Per usual we make things harder than they have to be. And I think procrastination is one of those things where we assume that things need to be, need to feel a certain way before we do them. And so procrastination becomes almost a normal part of our everyday life because it's just how we feel about working out or it's just how we feel about starting a new diet or it's just how we feel about working or just how we feel about cleaning the house. And it doesn't have to be that way. I think that if we can peel back layers of procrastination, we can recognize what causes it in a lot of cases and take back the control. Like, oh shit, I'm procrastinating because this, that happens every time I try to do this. Let me figure out why that happens. And I'm gonna give you some of those tools to do that today. You know, even if we keep it like super simple, there's something to be said about just changing your energy by moving your body just in general. You know, this could be an easier fix to a simple problem. If you have a hard time getting up early, for instance, or getting out of bed to go work out or whatever you do in the morning, I always say the first step of all of it is just to put your feet on the floor. Because something about that sitting up, feet on the ground vibe, it signals to the brain that you're you're ready to go. Like it's not sleepy time anymore. It's go time. So even if you can get to that point, It'll get you that much closer to your big goals of actually, you know, doing the workout versus rolling over, 
going back to bed or snoozing, whatever. And sometimes if I feel uninspired during the day, I just take the same advice. So if I'm in the middle of a task and all of a sudden I'm unmotivated, then I'll get up and get a glass of water or put on some good music to get me feeling hype or get a snack because that's always nice. Who doesn't want a good snack? But if you're already doing stuff and just it's not the stuff that you should be doing, try changing your energy first before you do any of these other tips I'm about to give you. Just try dancing or moving or jumping up and down or going for a walk or even just taking a few like really deep and through the, I can't, I have too many boogers right now, and through the nose and out through the mouth breaths that can help clear out some of the noise that's going on in your head and get you back on track with what you need to do. But like I said, I'm not cured. Okay. I'm not a procrastination expert. I just think that if, you know, level one is like never, ever, ever procrastinating and level 10 is master procrastinator, get your freaking life together, unmotivated. I'm somewhere around like maybe like a three to a four. And only because I've become aware of the times where I'm about to procrastinate and I can choose to make a different decision. I definitely, for a lot of time in my life with certain things, was somewhere between a seven and a nine. Um, Like 10 is basically like you live at procrastination station, like you own it, you're the captain, like you tell everybody else how to procrastinate because you are just the example of procrastination. So I don't think I was ever there really, but there are certain things in life that were harder than others for me. And one of the things I learned was that, like I talk about in almost every episode, self-worth actually has a lot to do with why we procrastinate. I think there's actually some easy fixes. I wouldn't say easy necessarily, but there are some fixes that we can focus on so that we don't continue to procrastinate or feel like we need to as just kind of like the next step or what comes next. Depending on the topic, self-worth can really come up in a place where other people are involved in the reasons why you're procrastinating. So I've mentioned before on the podcast, if you've listened to past episodes, if you're brand new, welcome, what's up? If you've listened to other podcasts, you know that I worked for Best Buy for a really long time, almost 18 years, and I had a long career, not only on the retail side of like actually selling to customers, but also on the leadership side and management and a regional regional leadership, and I managed a $38 million store. And so I've had a lot of experience with procrastination on things that come to people if it was things I didn't want to deal with. And if you remember growing up, it was really easy for me to want to people please and to want to say the right things and do the right things because it was just how I was raised. So when it came to having to have a tough conversation or when it came to giving my manager some tough feedback on something I noticed that they did or said, I had to like really psych myself up for it. And eventually it came to the point where I procrastinate about it. I would make it a million times more difficult. And then I would finally have the conversation because I had to, you know, there wasn't any other option. So I was kind of got into all this drama and negativity and just fear when I could have avoided all of that in the first place. I made it worse for myself. Some of that came from, again, the self-worth aspect of who am I to give this feedback? Like, why are they going to listen to me? Or if I do tell them the stuff that doesn't sound very nice, what if they don't like me afterwards? What if they don't want to work for me anymore? What if they don't want to, you know, in other circumstances, be my friend? Or what if they don't agree with what I have to say? You know, it's all these stories I was telling myself. And 
the stronger my self-worth got, a lot of times, because I had so many of those conversations, I realized they weren't as bad as I was making them out to be in my head. But as I got more practice, and as I felt stronger about myself as a leader and a manager, and knowing that, you know, my conversations with people about actions they take don't mean anything about them specifically as humans. It's just ways they can, you know, do better without going into too many details about Best Buy performance management. That was what I was doing for them. I was helping them and reframing that really helped. But let me talk about a couple things. This is not just about work or leadership, but one of the biggest things that causes procrastination are shoulds, like quote unquote shoulds. And it comes from caring more about what other people think of what you're doing than how it actually makes you feel. And this one is real, like nothing takes the momentum out of a to-do on your to-do list than a, ugh, I should dot, 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 whatever it is, you know, the more you come into who you really are, the more you can limit your shoulds because you don't feel like you need them as much. And think like, think like princess and the pea. You guys ever read that story? There's a pea underneath all the mattresses. And there's 20 mattresses on this bed. I had to look that up because I don't remember that part. I just remember the princess laying on all of these, what I thought were blankets. But when I Googled it, they were mattresses. Who knew? But I thought about this example before this even came up because your instinct or you or your inner being or your soul, whatever you call your spark of life, that is you, that's always calling you, right? And as you go through life you're on the bottom of everything and you start piling on blankets of opinions of others, thoughts, ways to fit in. Here's another blanket. How to be liked. I guess mattresses. You know what I mean. Mattress blankets. <laughs> How to be liked. Uh, and your soul, your, your soul's still there, still talking to you, but you can't hear shit because you covered up who you are and your true, true purpose, like who you are as a human with all this BS over the years of just living your life. And as you release some of that trauma of experiences you may have had, or let go of some of those old hurts, and you take a blanket off of the pile, and then you deal with the repercussions of taking that blanket off, and you kind of peel back layers of who you are, who you really are underneath without other people's shoulds on top of you, then you get closer to, to your soul, to who you are as a person. So every time you should something, just pause for a second. Pause and start to think of that word as a trigger word. That's what I did with my ums. Whenever I would say an um, I would rephrase it as a pause or I would try to put a different word in as we've talked about before. So, or and, those are better because they're less distracting than ums. But think of shoulds in the same way. As over time, you start to hear yourself say, I should, I should be doing this. I should have done that. I should get off the couch. I should have a go work out. Like those shoulds pile up and you have to ask yourself why. And we're going to talk about uh, some mind tricks for procrastinating things. Like I should clean the house, but I really would rather lay on this couch. Like those simple ones. But you would be surprised how often our body sends us signs that we ignore for shoulds that we don't actually need to do. 
that aren't actually things that we should be doing. We might be procrastinating for a reason. Maybe there's a way we can do it differently, a way that fits our unique style or ourself or something that would make us feel fulfilled versus just doing things because other people told us that's always how it's been and how it should be. So first step, notice yourself saying should, and then peel back some blankets or mattresses, go find your pee and figure out why you're saying that you should. And if it's something that you truly should be doing, like, should you take care of your child that's running around the house, drawing on the walls? Yeah. Do you want to? Probably not. Probably not. Like, let God watch him. He'll figure it out. But you should. So those kind of things we're going to address right now. Just well, one more level of perspective before I give tips. Okay. These are not a one size fits all. So it's nice to know more about yourself before you really dive in and just take blind advice, because there's a lot of things in the world that we take blind advice on. And we go with the waves and we follow the trends and we do the things that other people are doing because it's just how we've shown acceptance and how we are accepted and how it makes us feel good when we're similar to other people and we have camaraderie and there's just things that we do to do as a tribe. But even though it's scary at first to kind of come from the outside and look in and say, is this something I still like? Is this something that describes me still? And give yourself an opportunity to grow then you can actually start to make some new decisions for yourself and see that you might do things differently. And then you might even end your procrastination on a certain topic because maybe there was a better, faster, stronger way to do it and you just figured it out. Who knows? But one of the things that I love about human design, and if you're not familiar with human design, it's similar to astrology. It uses the principles of astrology and some other explanations on who you are as a person and dives deep into where the planets were when you were born and how and the skills and knowledge and tools that you are here to bring to the world. And I am fascinated by it. I think it is amazing. And it is eerily accurate. Like I relate to it so much. And for most of my life, I was told that I am someone who is head in the clouds, flighty, best case scenario, can't focus, I don't take things seriously. I'm not responsible. Life isn't always ponies and butterflies. Like I've heard all of those things throughout my life. And a lot of that could get to me, but I knew it was me. I knew it was how I felt. And I was over time, okay with doing things differently and certain things I wasn't about to budge on. But human design also taught me that not only am I here to be a trailblazer, I'm here on this earth to do things differently and find new ways to do amazing things and explain my experiences that I have through the things that I'm doing differently to other people. I think it's why I love this podcast so much. And it's put me on this path in life. So just because somebody tells you that you're doing things one way and their way is the better way, that's bullshit. I mean, it's just not true. It's what they feel comfortable with. And then maybe you find somebody else that is more open to seeing things differently to be somebody that you look up to and ask questions to and ask feedback from because you can't get feedback from people that aren't walking your path because they don't understand. And if they're not willing to understand and see your perspective and be open-minded, then maybe they're not the right person to ask for advice. But your uniqueness is what will get you far in this life if you're willing to accept it and embrace it and 
share that with the world. Take all of those mattresses off. All of those, can we just call them blankets? Can we agree to call them blankets? Like just Google it, okay? The 20 mattresses, they're like very thin mattresses. They're not even like twin size. They're like really small. They're like smaller than toddler mattresses. So we're gonna call them blankets. <laughs> we're all unique. So, you know, just for example, I have never been a specifically very organized person. It's just not the way that I do things. I am an organized chaos person. I have things everywhere, but I know where everything is. I like to kind of go with the flow versus having a specific to-do list by hour. I like to procrastinate sometimes in a way that works for me. Like I don't procrastinate in a fear way anymore. I just keep things closer to the deadline because most times I feel more inspired as time goes on. And the earlier I do it, I go back and I'm like, damn, I wish I would have modified that. I wish I would have said that differently, done that differently. And I end up redoing work. So that works for me. To some people, like let's say I had a boss that was uber organized and a perfectionist and loved lists. And they looked at me and they're like, this is how you should do things. And I'm like, well, bro, like, I don't even know what I'm going to be doing at like new what I'm having for lunch today. You know, like, this isn't going to work. I can't live that way. I would be looked at as a failure. It's like that, you know, it's like that fish quote, the Albert Einstein, I think it is. Is it Albert Einstein? I don't know, I might have made that up. But the if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, then the whole it'll spend its whole life believing it's stupid. It's the same thing with us. If you are always comparing yourself to how other people do it and saying, I should be doing it that way, but yet you still have a way that gets it done, who the hell says that you should be doing it that way? If it's still getting done, and it's getting done in a way that not only gives you energy, but allows you to help other people in a way and show up in a way that's authentic and that feels good to you, I mean, like that's best case scenario. So if we don't figure out how to do things our own way and we just listen to how everybody's always done it, not only is that boring, but there's always going to be new, exciting ways to do things. And you could have one of those ways if you just show up as you truly are. That is my note on why you might be procrastinating. Somebody else is just telling you you should and maybe you should not. Who knows? But take a look at that. Self-introspection. Peel off some blankets. Expose your pee. (laughs) Okay. I'm just kidding. That was weird. Okay, let's talk tips. I am going to give you the first one. Starting is the problem, right? Like that's what procrastination is. We just need to start. And I have come a long way. Okay, before I give you my example, I've come a long way. But cleaning in general is not my jam. Like I sometimes stress clean now. As a mom, I do stress clean from time to time. But it's usually just dishes. Like dishes feel really good to stress clean when I'm stressed. That's about it. I don't mop floors. I don't do laundry. Like those things don't help my stress. (laughs) Okay. And I will say in my own defense, when I was growing up in my house, my mom was kind of a hoarder, like literally a hoarder. And she also, because of her illness, my mom was uh, paranoid schizophrenic. And so she used to think that somebody was coming to take her out of the house, which she hated living there. And that person was going to take all of her stuff with her so she had to be packed all the time so I lived with like boxes of shit and like shit everywhere in my house imagine like right before you go to move but your furniture is still where it's supposed to be but like shit's everywhere when you when you're gonna go to move at least that's how I do my moving that was my life okay so my bedroom was a mess my house was a mess it wasn't dirty it was just messy and I'm not dirty it's messy all right that was a really long example but listen I've worked hard not to be a slob Okay, it's facts. It has taken a lot of time and 
I have learned this the hard way. So trust me when I tell you this trick absolutely works. I've learned that cleaning is easiest when I trick myself into 15 minutes. That is my trick. This actually works for a lot of things, but especially it works for cleaning. I tell myself, we're going to set your phone, Christy. We're going to do 15 minutes. And when the timer goes off, you can decide whether or not you want to continue. Because the whole idea is it just really sucks to stop whatever lazy thing you're doing at that moment, or even it might be a productive thing, to go and do something that you don't necessarily want to do, or you at least aren't as psyched up about. So I set a timer on my phone and I say, I'm going to go start in the kitchen and I'm going to do this for 15 minutes. And 9.5 times out of 10, I end up doing the rest of the stuff because now I'm off the couch. Now my mind's in a new place. Now I'm focused on new things and I can continue to go. Worst case scenario for that 0.5 that I'm not continuing, I still got 15 minutes done that I wouldn't have gotten in before of cleaning because it, it needs to get done. It has to happen somehow. And I know I need to do it. And if I can trick my mind into something that seems reasonable, like 15 minutes, that really helps. Again, this works with a lot of things where it doesn't have to be something huge. It can just be the first step. So if you break it down into bite-sized tasks, so maybe something you can't necessarily time, but let's say you need the motivation just to start moving. Instead of saying, I'm going to go work out for an hour, maybe the next step is I'm going to put on my workout clothes and see how I feel. Now, if you ever tried to like squeeze into a sports bra and like get all that stuff on, it's kind of one of those things where you're not going to want to go sit back down again. Like you got to do something with your clothes, right? Like let's make this happen. Food is the same way. You know, you don't have to go and say, oh, I ate like shit last weekend. Like I'm just going to eat broccoli and chicken for every meal now. And not like from the Chinese restaurant, but like the steamed stuff that's boring. Instead, you can say, okay, I'm just going to drink more water. Like that's my one goal for today. I ate a lot yesterday. I feel really bloated or feel really blah or feel really tired. Today, I'm just going to drink a little more water and see how I feel. And usually if you put yourself in the mindset of I don't have to, but I'm choosing to, you're a lot more open to it. Like we're all just little toddlers when it comes to life in general. If somebody tells us we have to do something, we're like, I don't have to do nothing. I ain't got to do nothing. But if somebody's like, hey, do you want to have some more water and make you feel good? You're like, hmm, I like water. You know, it's just a different perspective. And we just do it to ourselves. You know, where it's just a conversation we're having with ourselves. But if we can find ways to make ourselves less rebellious, then it works. You know, like work stuff, I would procrastinate answering my emails. And so I didn't necessarily love doing it. And I would just say, okay, I'm just going to answer one email. I'm going to go in and I'm going to answer an email respond back to the person who's asking for whatever, and then see how I feel after that. And again, nine and a half times out of 10, I kept going because I got myself into the mindset where that's what I was going to do next. And it really helped me get motivated. You know, we love drama. Like we love to make things sound so intense, like so much worse than it really is. Like, oh, I have to clean this whole house. The whole house is a mess. And it's like one more way for us to procrastinate doing it because we're like, oh, that's, it's just such a big task. I can't possibly handle all of this, you know, or I have 4,000 emails that will definitely take me forever. You know, your brain is like, well, you know, that sounds complicated. Let's like watch some office reruns. You just stressed me out a little bit, you know, or Cruel Summer. If you haven't watched Cruel Summer on Hulu, really good, really good. <laughs> Side note. But fear is just 
another motivating procrastination factor. It's typically not as bad as we make it out to be. And this is a really good example. Speaking of TV shows, if you follow me on Instagram, I talk about This Is Us all the time because usually what happens is I watch it, I catch up on episodes and I cry like a freaking baby. I just cry all the time. When I was pregnant and watched this, oh my gosh. Iz was like, Christy, like, seriously, why do you watch this show? And I'm like, I love it. It's so happy. Or, you know, whatever. It's fine. I still cry like that now. Don't let me fool you. It's not just because I was pregnant. I'm just a weirdo. But another example I got from Randall in This Is Us. So if you watch This Is Us, shout out to you for being smart because it's a really good show. If you haven't watched this, I still love you, but I'm just saying, if you like crying, crying's good for the soul. It releases hormones, it makes you feel better when you're done, even if it's a happy cry. Sometimes it was sad cries, but mostly happy. I digress. He does worst case scenario with Beth. So he struggles with anxiety, his character on the show. And to calm his anxiety about situations, he does worst case scenario. And him and Beth would go back and forth of things that could possibly happen if the worst case of that situation happened. This really works well with other people being involved. When I was a manager and I was running the store and I was the GM, so I'm literally the boss in the store, right? There's nobody higher than me besides people at a district level. I am the person to go to. Okay, there's nobody higher than me. I got promoted at 24 and I was 24 managing almost a $40 million business. That it's possible because I understood what I was doing. I understand people really well. So that really helped me. But I also had some of those traits from growing up where I hated to give people negative feedback. So I had to do a lot of practice with that. It was something that I had to work with. And I did a lot of, we did role plays at Best Buy where you would assume a customer said this and this is what you'd say back, or you'd assume a tough conversation with the manager. This is what they said. So this is what you say back. And I would do worst case scenario role plays with myself or with other people. So for you, if you have a situation that you know you need to address And again, let's just take, let's say it's not about you actually getting up and going to work out. Let's say you have had a blowout with a close friend and you are procrastinating having the conversation with them. Like you just dread it. You don't want to do it. This is what I would say to do. Sit in your car. I like to do it in my car because nobody else can hear me. And who knows if I'm talking on Bluetooth, like mind your business if you're going to watch me. Okay. Don't you have more important things to do? You people outside my car, plus my windows are tinted and talk to myself and I practice things and I'll practice the conversation and I'll envision the worst thing that that person could say to me from the other side. Like what possibly could come out of their mouths that would like make me cry or make me so mad or whatever. And they would say all those things. And almost every time I finally have the guts to have the conversation, it's never as bad as what I envision it to be. Now, have I got caught off guard? Sure. I mean, that happens because humans are humans. And when do you know? But at least if you know that at the base of why you're having the conversation, there's a goodness there and there's a desire to help and improve your relationship or whatever the case may be, then it won't be as bad as what you imagine it to be. The only time things come out that bad is usually when intentions are bad behind them and the situation will show the true intention of the conversation. But if you have good intentions, typically it'll turn out okay. And so if you have something you're procrastinating on, just work through the whole scenario in your head. Talk it through and know that when it actually happens, it's rarely going to be as bad as what you think. And even if it is, now you're prepared to handle the conversation. And that will usually help you move on. The fear of what could possibly happen is usually what stops us. Another tip 
do the worst first, I think, is really a tip for people who are advanced procrastinators. And I mean that in a positive way. So you're like more between a level one and a level three. You're not a level 10. Because if you're a level 10, then do the worst first is rarely going to get your ass off the couch. Like that's not going to be what gets you up and moving. But if you are actually not a bad procrastinator, but you just procrastinate sometimes, but you're more disciplined, then I would say go for it. This does not work for everyone. This does not work for me in all scenarios. Sometimes there's things where I would rather just do it and get it out of the way. But if it's the first thing, like the first big hill that is stopping me from getting to the other side and there's like all little hills after that, like I'd rather warm my way up to the hill. It's just, you know, like you do a little stretch, you do some oh, like walking, you know, you're trying to get yourself ready, you know the big hill is coming, but you don't wanna start there, like I'm not even warm yet. See, I'm not a level one to three. I'm definitely somewhere in the middle. Maybe I'm a level four. I thought I was level three, but I'm not. It does work though, if you're a level one to three. That way you get it out of the way and it's all downhill from there. If you gotta warm up, then don't use that one, okay? Also an option, if you have a friend that is a responsible friend and doesn't mind hunting you down, then you can ask them to be your accountability buddy. Now, the problem is with this one, okay? A lot of times our friends are very similar to us. And if you only have friends that are also procrastinators, this will not work. They cannot be a procrastinator too. It has to be your friend that will whoop your ass if you don't do what you say you'll do and also will help model the behavior. Like you're not gonna go see another friend who hates to work out and be like, hey, you should work out too with me and you both hate working out because the first thing that's going to happen is Monday morning, Susie's gonna call you and be like, hey, do we really have to work out today? And you're gonna be like, no, we'll do it tomorrow. And then that's the end of that. See you later. You know, that's, uh, listen, I've been there with different things. Okay. So that only works if your friend is going to be like, bitch, you better get your ass out of bed. I'm going to see you at 6am on our zoom call. And we're going to work out together. Like now we're talking. Okay. So also an option, but again, with an asterisk, because it depends on who the friend is. Another thing that I would recommend is Talk to the voice that tells you to procrastinate. Like actually have a conversation with that voice. That's not the boss of you. There's not this other person that tells you what to do. It is you. It's just a different part of you, the lazy part of you that we all have. No offense. No offense. But if it triggered you, could be a reason. That is saying, don't do it. Not right now. You can do it later. All those excuses. That's a part. That's like, you can talk to that voice. It's really helpful because this is how it happens, right? You're laying on the couch and you know that you have to get your schoolwork done. It has to be done today. There's no other day. And so you'll say, damn, I have to get my schoolwork done. And procrastinator you says, no, you don't like this couch is way more comfortable. Like, let's just lay for a little bit. You can do it later. And you're like, "Mm, okay. Now, that happens often, right? So now what I want you to do next time that comes up is try to figure out what life looks like if you listen to the voice, the other you. Misty is who I call my girl that starts shit in my head, okay? Whoever's procrastinating, talking shit, telling me mean things is always Misty. So I say to Misty, let's play this all the way out, Misty, okay? Let's take this to the end. So right now I'm laying on the couch. I know I have to do my schoolwork. It's due tomorrow. If I don't do it now while Owen's at school, then I'm going to get to a point where Owen comes home. I still have schoolwork to be done. Now I have to cook dinner. Now I have to 
clean the bathroom. Now I have to work out and I've put all this stuff on myself for tonight and I don't think it's going to get done. And so now I've thought through what's going to happen if I don't do it right now. So I didn't just take my comfy spot on the couch and take that as the deciding factor for whether or not I was going to do it. I walked through what actually happens if I don't do it. And some of that could get me moving. And it might be the same thing with the workout or it might be the same thing with the healthy choice of like, I don't want to feel like shit later. You know, this isn't how I want to be. Or sometimes this works with like the second or third drink or fourth or fifth drink when you're out somewhere. It's like, how do I want to feel tomorrow? Is it just like right now? Like, yeah, party time. And then tomorrow you hate your life or you think through like, all right, fine. Maybe I'll have a water. Like it's just, it gives you a second to stop and reassess. If you are somebody who procrastinates and doesn't think through that whole story all the way to the end, you probably end up creating more drama in your life than need be because you're just not doing things that are going to be to your advantage. So next time you get stuck on the couch and super comfy, just play out the scenario the entire way. Don't just stop it being comfy and you want to do it later, but think about how it will look if you actually do it later and if you're making your life harder than it needs to be. And man, don't wait for the motivation because it is not, not always coming. It's very rarely coming at all. And some days you may feel like it, but it won't be the thing that's going to get you moving. It, it might be a thing that's like, oh yeah, I feel kind of like I have a high energy today. Like I'm going to get this done. But if you're just waiting for those days to feel motivated to want to do it, it's not going to work. And listen, as somebody who has been a coach in person and virtually for since 2011 now, so I guess 10 years, wow. I can tell you from experience that motivation only gets you going for the first maybe 72 hours of a new decision. And even that is kind of questionable because what happens is the first day you start and you're like, oh, I'm so pumped about my new habit. I'm so motivated. Like, I'm ready to do this. This is why I was going to do this. I'm changing. And then day one goes and you're like, look at me. And then day two comes. I can't even woo because my Barry White voice, man, sad. Day two comes and you're like, okay, I feel that. All right. That's pretty good. Like, let's do this day two. And day two is a little bit harder, but you're still pretty motivated. So it's fine. Day three comes and now you're sore from your new workout routine. And that night somebody wants to do a happy hour and you're like, oh, I should be eating steamed chicken and broccoli. And then you're like, well, I can miss one day. That won't hurt. And then that's kind of where we get to. And then day four, sometimes we jump back on and sometimes that's where I lose people. It's because we're relying on motivation to get us where we need to be. When a lot of times it's the discipline of continuing with it, but again, playing out the scenario all the way so that there's actually, I don't want to say repercussions because that sounds always negative, but you know what the outcomes will be when you make those those decisions. So you can make true educated decisions before you just end it there. And that's why those small baby steps are so helpful because then you don't feel like you're doing this major life shift where it has to be all or nothing, but you're just doing small things to get your butt moving and show yourself like, oh, hey, this isn't that bad. Like I could definitely clean for 15 minutes and it's not terrible or all right, I can get off the couch go do what I need to do. And then I can take another break after I'm done before I go pick up my son from school. That That's a good compromise. I can do that. 
But if you just rely on the Misty in your world, whatever your voice's name is, to tell you what to do or what not to do, then you're going to have a really hard time being consistent with anything if procrastination is something that creeps up for you often. So if you want to chase those stars, which I know, of course you do, because why else would you be here? I know you have big goals or things you want to accomplish in your life, or maybe you're just trying to figure out who you are and what you're capable of. Either way, no matter what one of those categories you fall into, you have to start. So no more living at Procrastination Station, okay? We're packing our shit, we're moving on out, and we're going to go do some big things, and we're going to do them today procrastinators unite, but in the way that we're actually going to get shit done. That's what we're uniting us today. Okay. So here's your homework. Take a snapshot of this podcast episode, post it in your stories, tag me at chase your stars podcast and list the procrastination tool that you used that helped you. Cause I want you to try it out. If you don't try it, how will you ever know? And if you post it on your stories then your friends will know, and then they can help with their procrastinator stuff too. And then you are the friend that with the gift that keeps on giving. Yes. And I've learned all of these the hard way. So trust me, I know they work. So save your friends some time, but also try it for yourself. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. I love your messages. Keep them coming. And I will see you next Friday. And until then, Go chase those stars. Bye. Thank you so much for listening in today to the Chase Your Stars podcast, my friend. If you liked these vibes, then please subscribe so we can hang more often. I release new episodes every Friday, so I hope to see you then. And until then, go chase those stars.